Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcomed questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we'll take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join our host as we get real with ourselves, with God, and with you. And welcome to the Real Life Podcast as we welcome in the new year of 2021. Uh, you have Anthony Waters with you today and Jamie Couch. Hey guys. It's awesome to be able to be back with you all today. Uh, tell you what, uh, so we welcome in 2021. We see 2020 go to the wayside. And I tell you what, I'm excited for what God's got in store in 2021. Excited and thankful for the things that God did in 2020. I don't think that, like most people think it was a wash. I don't think it was a wash. I think Mm -hmm. that, I think we've come out stronger, Mm -hmm. better. And I think God's got great things in store for us in 2021. And uh, today as we jump back in, we're going to look back and finish up this first mindset series what we what we talked about before we're going to jump right back into this and finish up the third topic inside of this as we look at the three side effects of a distorted reality just to give you a bit of a backdrop on where we've come from we looked at the distorted reality in the mindset series to talk about you know the battle of the mind how that we are in constant warfare in our minds and this uh, distorted reality the three side effects of the distorted reality the first one we spoke about was how we create enemies. We see things that happen and we make enemies out of people that have no business being an enemy whatsoever because we dream this up in our minds, which is something that we always do. Mm-hmm. And I love I love the saying that came out of this, the power within you is greater than the people that surround you. Mm-hmm. Love that. Thought that was wonderful. The next thing we looked at was the isolation factor, how we go into this isolation mode where we want to just uh, put ourselves out of everybody's sight, how we want to isolate, how we want it to all look at us. And, you know, we talked about how sin is exactly the way sin is. Sin is this selfish, selfish nature. And this is the same thing that this distorted reality mindset does for you is mm-hmm. it puts you in an isolated state where you're isolated, where you want everybody away and it's just you. And, and you sit there and you're just constantly just thinking about yourself and the problem that you see. And the biggest takeaway from this was to always remember that you are not alone There's always the Lord with you, no matter where you're at, the darkest circumstance, the darkest situation, you need to always remember you're not alone. The Lord said He would be with us always, even until the end of the world. And then that brings us to where we're at today, and that is as we talk about this third and final state, there's many more we could talk about, but the third one that we're going to speak about during this series is the hopelessness that comes and sets in. And you know how sad this is. And you think about this, you live, we live in a time right now where we see suicide rates at an all-time high. Yeah. We see people hurt. We see people broken. Mm-hmm. You see this hopelessness. Hey, turn on the news. Turn on the news or turn on any other podcast, and you're going to hear about a hopelessness state that's in this world today. Right. Hopelessness is a, it's a horrible side effect of this mindset, this distorted reality mindset. And, you know, the hopelessness that you see, it, people get so caught up in it and they, they're, they're driven so low and so down 
that, I mean, this is what leads to suicide, mm-hmm. uh, to drug abuse, to alcohol abuse, to seeking, to try to find something to fill this gap, to fill this void. And let's be honest, I mean, I, I mean, I, I feel like there's been times in my life that I've felt like there was no hope left, sure. you know, that I, I felt like that, you know, that I was at the end of a rope and I didn't think there was anything left. And then I love as you can go on with this and say, but God, mm. but God, he made a change. He, he's the one that brings us out of this hopeless state. So I'm just going to throw it over to you, Jamie. Take off on this, man. What do you think about this hopeless state of distorted reality? I know, and I think all of us have, have, have dealt with some sort of a distorted mindset. This series that we've been in for, well, this is the 13th week now, because this <laughs> week we kind of uh, opened up another chapter of it. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's real. It's something that that the distorted mind is we perceive something to be reality when it's really not. Right. So we we perceive that we're isolated, that no one's around us and no Mm -hmm. one's for us. We perceive uh, that someone is our enemy, but they're really not our enemy. And then in this situation here, you're you're looking at someone who who really feels in their heart of hearts that there's no hope left. That's true. And. That is a that is a state that so so many that are walking around with smiles, some with smiles on their faces, but hopelessness in their heart. So and true. and I think that that as we as believers uh, in Christ ought to be the 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 forebearers of hope to a hopeless generation and a and a dying generation. But one of the things that we anchored down on, and as we talked about this in the series, was Matthew twenty seven and five. And in that scripture, that is when Judas, and just for background, you, you know, some may listen to the podcast, may not know the background behind Judas's story, but Judas was with Jesus, followed Jesus, was with the disciples through all the miracles, all the good, and he watched Jesus raise the dead. He watched him open the eyes of the blind. He watched him walk on water. He watched him let him catch fish and a and a and a coin was in the fish's mouth he watched him turn water into wine yeah he watched all of these things that jesus had done he sold him out he sold him out to the pharisees and so after he sold him out they took him you know the story they crucified him and he he's gives up the ghost and judas amidst all this is full of regret. Yep. He's full of angst and anxiety. And he comes to a place where even though he knew this Messiah, he knew of him, he knew him close, right? He walked with him. Yep. It, and so if we think that Judas, having known him, would be in a hopeless condition, as cl- I've never seen Jesus open the eyes of the blind necessarily. Yeah, I've right. never seen him walk on water. I believe that he he did and believe mm-hmm. that he can, but I wasn't there. Judas was there. Yeah, and so knowing that someone that was there with Jesus could be in a state of hopelessness lets me know that anybody can. Yeah, and so what he did is in Matthew twenty seven and five he says that he threw the pieces of silver onto the temple sanctuary and he walked away yeah. and he hanged himself. Yeah. So Judas in that moment of hopelessness committed suicide. He, he 
little did he know. The, the thing that Judas didn't know, there's a song um, that, called What Judas Didn't Know. He knew he could open the eyes of the blind. He knew he could feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. He knew he could pull you know, miracles. But what he didn't know is that there was mercy, there was grace, there was forgiveness, and there was a fresh start for him. Yeah. And so, but because he had a distorted mindset, right? Mm-hmm. He had a mindset that, that was not reality. So I think that as we get lost into the emotions of our human nature, then we often have a mindset that can be uh, deceived into thinking that our situation, our life is hopeless. Yeah. But it's truly, truly not. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's so true. And, when you see someone, and I mean, you, even you, anybody in their life, they've met somebody that's been in a hopeless state like this before. Right. Man, I remember we were in uh, Portland, Oregon, and one night I was in my hotel room, and we were downtown, and I, I heard a noise outside, and I went up to my window, and I looked out my window, and there was a young man. He couldn't have been, he was, it had to be in his 20s, and he was looking at a mirror, inside of a shop window Hmm. now this you can't make this up and he was sitting and he was screaming to the top of his lungs at himself and he would throw himself toward the mirror and he would he would hit it and he'd bang it and you know i looked at him and my heart just broke and i thought my goodness you know Hmm. what what a hopeless state that this young man's in and it was so true he he seemed like he had lost all hope he was just so broken and, you know, it just broke my heart to see that. And, you know, you think about Judas in this story. Like you said, man, this guy walked with him. He literally he walked right with him. He, he was right there with him. He saw all these miracles. And he sold, he sold, the, he, he sold the, the Lamb of God, the only Son of God, for 30 pieces of silver. Right. I, and, you know, to back up on this, if you think about it, I love what the Scripture says. As he left that night, you know, the night when all this was revealed that Judas was going to be the one, the Lord, the Jesus knew what was going to happen. Sure. And he called him out on it. He called him out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as he left there, the Bible said that it was dark. And as he left, Satan entered into him. Mm. And with this Satan, with this Satan mindset that he had, yep. he went forth, he sold the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords for 30 pieces of silver. Mm. He, went, he even went and bore witness with a kiss so close to heaven that he kissed heaven's door. Mm. So close that he kissed heaven's door. And then when all this was over, Satan, just like he does with anybody that he, that he gets in contact with, he wadded Judas up and he throwed him out. Mm. And Judas was left with nothing but the reality of what he had done. And immediately he had regret and he was hopeless. Yeah. You know, as we talk about that, my mind goes back into Scripture. I believe it's 1 Samuel chapter 19. You see David and his men as they come back, <laughs> as they were with the, they were with, he was actually with the Philistines as he was fleeing from Saul, and he had actually encamped with them, but they were going out to a battle, and as they left this battle, uh, they didn't want David to be a part of it, so David came back and his men to Ziklag. That was the name of the city. And as they came back in, the Malachites had came in and they had completely taken everything. They'd burnt Ziklag to the ground and they had taken all the men, the women, the children, everybody was everybody that was there, they had taken everybody. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that the men that were with David, they saw what had happened and they were all brought to tears and they began to weep. 
And uh, it's, it's amazing at the power of this. In verse 4, what it says, and, then, and David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now that's some tears. Mm. Crying in such a way that there was no more tears possible. And then this distorted reality set in on the men. The men saw all this that had happened and they were upset. They were, they were mad and there had to be somebody to blame. So they looked at David. And I mean, it was to the point where they were ready to kill David. Now, David could have had a hopeless mindset. Right. And he could have been like, you know what, guys, if anybody has a right to die because of all this, you know, yeah. come kill me. But the Bible goes on to say something and it talks about the character of David in this. And I love this thought. And, you know, David, he went up and the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Right. Guys, there's going to be times that things are going to feel bad and it's going to feel hopeless. You're going to get to times like that that it's going to feel like there's, that's, that there's a hopeless state there. But if you can encourage yourself in the Lord, there's so much that can be learned from that. And you know it may sound so cliche. Well, it's easy to say that. And it is. It's easy to look at somebody in the midst of their hurt and say, man, you just need to encourage yourself in the Lord. But that's the best advice you could actually get right. to encourage yourself in the Lord. What do you think? No, I, you know, my mind, I kind of giggle when you said that because my mind went back to the exact same story mm-hmm. where where David uh, was in a position where he, by all rights, should have been in a hopeless situation, but he, he rather chose uh, to, to have hope even amidst hopelessness. And so back to the Judas story here, his downfall wasn't that he had betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. His downfall was that he lost hope. He did. And so I think that I think that uh, that losing hope, making mistakes is not the detriment of any human being because there's always some a resurrection that can happen post-mistake, right? Uh, there's right. A, a fresh canvas, a slate of grace can be given. Yeah. But it's when we lose hope. We lose the prospect that, that we could raise again. And so I think that um, uh, the, the message to anyone who may be in that condition today, if you're listening to this podcast, I've got three words for you. Yeah. And and these are three words that I wish that I would have been able to share with Judas as he was stringing up that, that, that rope to hang himself. It's not over. Yeah. It's not over. It's not done. And, and yes, it's bad. It's terrible. Uh, it's a, a situation that seemingly is a, uh, uh, hopeless, but it's not, over, and one of the things that uh, that we use the symbol that we use in this uh, series is um, is a the, the two different punctuations. One is a period, the other is the semicolon, and and as we looked at that, a period means the sentence is over, it's done, but the semicolon means that the statement has been made. However, the sentence is going to continue on, and so what the semicolon says is it's not over, and so tonight. Uh, today, wherever you're listening to this podcast, um, it's not over. It's a terrible situation, probably, but it's it's definitely not over. And so, as we look at as we look at the condition of the world around us economically, for so many people, it is a hopeless situation. Yeah. Um, for relationships, it can seem to be, in many times, a hopeless situation. However, if Christ be for you, then who can be against you? And so as we look at this, there, there's, there's, there's no reason. If anybody should have lost hope, it should have been the Apostle Paul as he was 
captured, arrested, placed into prison, put onto a ship, shipwrecked, ship crashed, landed on a desert island, swam to shore on the desert island, and then in the moment of, it was freezing cold, he built a fire to get warm. He got snake bit, building the fire by a venomous snake that should have killed him. And if anybody had a right to lose hope, it was the Apostle Paul in that situation. However, Paul chose not to lose hope. He chose to give God praise and glory. And a few weeks later, the whole island came to Jesus and because one man chose not to lose hope amidst hopelessness. And so as we think about that, Aunt, um, the, I think it's the prerogative of a human being, human yeah, nature. I do, too. To just give up. It is. I love, and I go back to this a lot, and we've, we've had the opportunity to minister this before. It's amazing what God can do. So you think back about that as you were speaking, you talked about the shipwreck. You know, as Apostle Paul, you know, a shipwreck, especially in the time that we're talking about, man, that was a death sentence, yep. especially where they were at. So in all reality, there should have been a period there. Right. Done. But God, once again, but God used what was around and he used the things that would have been the, the thing that you wouldn't have thought would have been good for nothing. Yep. And he was able to save his life and the lives of every man on the boat. And that's, that's amazing. Think about this. The Bible says that some of them made it to land on this, some on that. And then the, 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 this, this is the part that I love so well on that. And others upon the broken pieces. It's amazing what God can do with broken pieces. Broken pieces of a life. Broken pieces of what you would think would be a marriage, a relationship. God can take the broken pieces and he can... Who better to fit the puzzle back together than the maker of the puzzle, the creator of it? Take the broken pieces of the life, put it back together, mold it and shape it into what he had the form of it to be. That's amazing. Mm. Broken pieces. Love that sermon. Man, that's mm. great. So then, you know, with that with that context there, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and said, We are troubled on every side, every side. yet not distressed. Yeah. We're perplexed, mm -hmm. but not in despair. In other words, we're troubled on every stinking where I look. Yep. There is trouble, yeah, but I'm not distressed. Mm -mm. In other words, I'm not stressed. Yeah. How is that possible? It is impossible <laughs> with man. It is. But it is not impossible with God. There's the key. And we are perplexed. In other words, completely confused yep. about what in the world to do right now. Mm -hmm. But we're not in despair. Right. We're not without hope. The next one says persecuted, but not forsaken. Yeah. Cast down, but not destroyed. So... What he's doing here is he's actually writing promises. You know, mm -hmm. this never made the Bible book of promises. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Growing up, we had this Bible book of promises that was in the house. And it was like, you know, so many hundred promises that God made in the Bible. And they, they choose to, they chose, whoever they wrote this book or, or devotion chose to eliminate so many of the promises but they yeah. took the really nice fuzzy warm ones and they were like yeah, oh, yeah. this is great yeah and then but here's a promise for you this never made the cut for mm -hmm. the bible book of promises your promises and in second corinthians chapter four verse number eight trouble on every side 
Promise. Yeah. What a promise. Thanks. The next one is <laughs> your promise to be perplexed. Yeah. The next one, your promise to be persecuted. Mm. And your promise to be cast down. Poof. What a promise. What a promise. However, and what if you perioded it right yeah, there? Exactly. Done. But then I love it. He said, yet not, but not, but not, but not. Yep. So we're, we were troubled on every side, but not stressed. Yeah. We're, uh, we're perplexed, but not hopeless. Yeah. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, sure, but we're not for we're not destroyed. And so you think about that, guys. Um, when you when you get to the pit, the lowest point, and literally nobody understands you. Everyone else has turned their back on you. You can't call a friend, phone a friend, because your friend doesn't get you or is not available, or you don't have any friends that you feel like you can call on that would even understand. And then you feel like that God, you've done so bad, that you've done so many things wrong, that God is not going to have mercy on you. He can't. Um, that's the moment that I want you to stop right there. I wish I could have told Judas this. It's not over, Judas. It's not done. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So amazing, you know, and I go back to what we talked about here a few weeks ago. We're not alone. We're not forsaken. We're not cast down because God's there with us. You know what I'm saying? If we can get our, I love, I love your famous saying, change our stinking thinking, (laughs) change our stinking thinking around. And you know, that's, that's an attribute of a child of God is to flip the stinking thinking. Yep. When the world says it's over, when we can't see nothing else, when there seems to be no hope, the child of God still smiles and says, you know what, I have a hope inside of me that cannot be changed, it cannot be shaken, it cannot be, that nothing can touch this hope. The world didn't put it there, and the world can't take it away. That's exactly right. That's hope. That's hope. So as we get ready to come to a, a close, you know, I'm I, just so thankful for the Lord, thankful for this, this podcast, I'm thankful for this today. Because, guys, when I know it's a hopeless. I know there seems to be hopelessness everywhere you look. But we want you to remember today, you're not alone. Yeah. God's not brought you this far just to drop you. That's not the way God is. Let God take the broken pieces of whatever the situation may be. Let Him have control. Look to Him for help. Look to Him for guidance. And in all things, acknowledge Him. And lean not to your own understanding and how great you will see God move in a precious, precious, mighty way. So God bless you. Did you want Jamie? Awesome, man. That's I, good. And before we leave, before we sign off today, I got one scripture I want to share. I just felt, uh, felt like uh, pulling it up here and sharing. Yeah. We shared this today at our church, and oh, uh, yes. I want to share it with you. Psalms chapter 3. David was running from his own son who he loved very much, Absalom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Absalom had um, got it in his mind that he was going to take the throne and, and, and get rid of his father, essentially. Long story short. And David was out there in the middle of nowhere running from the son whom he loved so much. Did David have the power to just kill Absalom and take him? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he loved him. Yeah. And so in that, in that moment here in Psalms 3, David wrote, 
in the middle of probably a backfield somewhere. He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? How are they, how, how many are they that rise up against me? Many be they which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. And he stops, mm-hmm. but then he changes. And like a said, smile comes on his face. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's looking at his circumstances that mm-hmm. surround him, right? And he's observing all of the trouble. Yeah. Which is what we all do every day. We do. But in that moment, he stopped and he said, I could see the smile on his face. And mm-hmm. he said, but thou, O Lord, yeah. are a shield for me, yeah. my glory and the lifter of my head. And then in verse four, he said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and I slept and I awakened for the Lord sustained me. Mm. This is a man who is being hunted like an animal yep. and he was able to lay down and sleep. That's all. Awesome. Give God praise. Yep. You today, I don't know if you've been hunted like an animal or not or your own sons turned against you, or what kind of trouble you're facing in your life right now. But you can sing the same song, David's song, because the Messiah is with you. Amen. I love it. Got nothing to add. That's wonderful. So we're going to wrap this one up. Thank God for each and every one of you tuning in. Be sure you tune in next week as well, as we continue to keep it real, raw, and relevant. And we encourage each and every one of you to keep it real as well. Keep seeking and studying and looking toward the face of God. And God bless you, each and every one, in the year 2021. God bless you. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us again next week as we tackle real life together.